0: Hello everyone and welcome to the final TSFP of the 2020-2021 season. Sid, you look like a man who's just, <laughs> at the end of his tether, we're recording a little bit later than usual as well because it's been so busy, you've had so much to do at the end of the season, but yeah. we're here crawling over the line. We really are.
1: <laughs> I am anyway, I don't know about you. I'm, much I'm like Atletico
0: Madrid. Yeah, I'm who, very definitely on my knees. Who uh, were crowned champions. At the weekend, as I'm sure all of you already know, after uh, their relatively dramatic 2-1 win at Valladolid. Uh, Real Madrid won their game, but it wasn't enough because Atleti did what they had to do. This is what happened on Match Day 38, the final round of fixtures. Friday nights, Zolovante and Cadiz play out a 2-2 draw. Uh, Betis came from 2-0 down to beat Celta 3-2. A- uh, bar lost 1-0 at home to Barca. Antoine Griezmann scoring the goal for uh, Barca, who in the first half had an expected goal of zero. Wow. The XG was zero for Barca in the first half. Uh, bar were I out- mean that
1: I bet that, that, that probably wasn't them doing the stats, though. They probably just looked at the team sheet and said, Messi's not there, just put a zero. Yes. Just write well, a zero down. Yeah. Uh, Messi wasn't there, uh, nor was uh, Pedri. Uh, they were given permission to start
0: their holidays early. Uh, Wesker nil, Valencia nil. A result that had huge ramifications at the bottom of the table. Had Wesker been able to find one goal they would have stayed up, but they didn't. Uh, Osasuna 0, La Real 1. Uh, Madrid 2, Villarreal 1. Goals in the 87th and 92nd minutes from Real Madrid as they came from 1-0 behind to beat Villarreal and extend their unbeaten run to 18 games in La Liga. But it wasn't enough because Atleti also came from behind to beat Valladolid 2-1. Elche beat Athletic Club 2-0, to secure their place in the top flight. Uh, Sunday saw Granada and Getafe play out a 0-0 draw and Sevilla beat Alaves 1-0 final game of the season. Sevilla, 77 points. Their highest points total ever in La Liga. So this is how it ended. Uh, The champions, Atletico Madrid, Champions League places well obviously Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Sevilla. The Europa League, Real Sociedad and Real Betis and the Conference League, Villarreal if they don't win the Europa League if they win the Europa League yep. then they go into the Champions League relegated were Huesca Valladolid and Eibar I um, actually got some stats here you know we we quite oh. like stats this is from uh, uh, Fran Martínez I think on on, on Twitter the La, yes yes. La, uh, La, Liga, La Liga en Juego is it called? La Liga en Datos, or en, something, Datos en Datos Something like right that yeah. Anyway um, uh, So these are all attributed to him But there we go So we had 380 games 158 home wins 114 draws 108 uh, away wins And 953 goals scored Top scorer Lionel Messi 30 goals Top assist provider Barry Aspas With 13 goals uh, Most goals with the right foot Luis Suarez Most goals with the left foot
1: yeah, Messi, I guess.
0: Obviously, with 27 most-headed goals, Ante Budimir.
1: Yeah, he's had a very good season, actually. A very, seven. very good season, yeah. Very
0: strong uh, end to the season. Uh, the player who scored the highest percentage of goals of their team, Kike Garcia, 41% of Abar's goals. Uh, the player who's participated in the highest percentage of goals of his team scoring or assisting, Gerard Moreno. 50% right. of Villarreal's wow. goals have you been scored or assisted by Gerard Moreno. The player who's given the most points to his team, thanks to his goals, Luis Suarez with twenty-one. That's Correct. One of the
1: few stats I did know. Yeah.
0: Uh, the team with uh, the most goals, the top-scoring team, Barcelona, eighty-five. Yep. The lowest-scoring team,
1: Getafe, with twenty-eight. Uh, uh, it's not a huge surprise that they're the lowest, but I didn't realise it was as low as twenty-eight. 28. Wow. Uh, the most headed goal scored by a team, Madrid, sixteen. Yep.
0: Makes sense. Uh, the fewest headed goals scored, Real, which is three. Uh, so there we go and the most uh, goals scored uh, in the area uh, Barca and Madrid 11 <laughs> the team with the uh, the fewer score- goals scored outside the area Cadiz didn't score one goal from outside the penalty really? box all season there we go uh, I can't claim to have figured out those stats myself as we said Fran Martinez on Twitter thank you very much Sydney you were in via the Leeds to yep. witness what happened on the final day to witness Atletico lift the League title for the second time under uh, Diego Simeone, remarkable, remarkable achievement. The first question we always tend to ask
1: you: What was it like to be there? Um, it was slightly different to the previous games because it was tense and it was on edge, but it didn't feel like it was driven. That, that kind of the, the, the sense of experience wasn't driven by the tension in quite the same way. I think partly because while we did have a scenario in which Atletico Madrid had to come from behind and while when Vidal scored just thought I don't believe this it's actually happening um, some of the tension was taken out which with hindsight was foolish was taken out by the fact that the result coming in from the other game was in their favour so a lot had to go against them them to not win the league, and also by the fact that they turned it around quite quickly. So the second half started, and there's a run from Marcos Llorente, which I think reactivates everyone. It kind of shakes the game up, and you get a brilliant goal from Correa, you get a goal from Suarez, I think there's still 20 minutes to go when he scores, maybe even 21, 22 minutes to go. Real Madrid are still losing 1-0. That said... With hindsight, we should probably have been a bit more tense than we really were because, of course, Madrid score in the 88th minute. They then score again in the 92nd minute. And Sergi Guardiola misses a sitter. Well, maybe a sitter is a bit harsh, Not but a sitter, l- misses but, yeah. a really good chance in the 90th minute. And actually, if that goes in, they score. Now, obviously, look, all of this, I'm telling this from my perspective. And my perspective is also coloured compared to the two previous games where it had been really tense against Osasuna and against Real Sociedad. Yes. But the fact that this time I was writing a live match report. Now, that increases the tension for but, you, for me, <laughs> but it also increases the focus only on that game. And I must admit, I didn't know Real Madrid have got the second goal. Right. Well, you messaged us about five minutes to go. You messaged me and you said, uh, well, this is really tense. And I yeah. said, well, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, exactly. But lose
1: it. So it was tense, but it wasn't the, the it wasn't the focus of tension that had been before. And that's the thing, I suppose. At that point, I felt it was tense just because they might still lose it. Um, but I thought their reaction was very good. And I actually think when we take a slight step back, we look at these last three or four games, and I actually think they've handled this reasonably well for all the tension that we've seen for all the fact that they conceded first against Osasuna conceded first now in this game conceded late against Real Softedad and suddenly were on edge I think emotionally they've dealt with this pretty well their first half of the season statistics were absolutely unbelievable. Fantastic, wasn't it? Was like
0: Sixteen wins from the first nineteen games. Then they had a little drop, but then I think, as you said, the, these last few matches, the yeah. run in, they've been pretty strong. Even I, though they've been shaky in terms of uh, having to ride their luck a little bit, in terms of the performances, they've been quite strong.
1: Yeah, I think there. I mean, obviously, look, there are lots of ways to pick up on and analyze Atletico Madrid's season. Obviously, the first one to do is look at it as a season as a whole, and they won the league. Two points over Real Madrid I think it's seven over Barcelona I might be wrong And and it's nine over Sevilla And as you've already said That's the best Sevilla in history So if you take it as a total These are pretty good totals They're only one point off the total That the league champions got last year And the league champions got the year before So take it as a whole This is still a pretty good season Admittedly last few years I've seen those numbers drop Because you know we're, we're a long way from those seasons Where teams were getting 100 points well, A long way from that Um. So, And I think that's partly because the league is more competitive Although it's also, of course, true that there's been weaknesses in Madrid and Barcelona That perhaps we didn't see four or five years ago Then, as you say, if we if we split it up You could say the second half of the season They've been just trying to hold on to that lead they had in the first half of the season And nearly lost it But there's two argu- two, two answers to that One is to say, yes But you can only hold, hold on to what you've had the, the ability to get in the first place The second is to say that at some point Some nervousness was inevitable also, as we said right the way back at Christmas, before it even happened, we, we were saying on this podcast repeatedly, there probably isn't a collapse coming. But there is definitely a slowdown in the rate of picking up points coming because this rate cannot be maintained. And you look at their second half of the season and take it in isolation. It's 19 games, three defeats. That's not that bad. you know. If you extrapolate that over, two, over a season, even I can do this maths, it's six defeats. Now, that's probably not enough to win a league, but it's not that far off. So if, if we're not assuming that the two halves of the season are exactly equal, that's not a bad half of a season. It's not good, quite good enough, but it's not a bad half of the season. The other thing is that they did eventually resist. And they resisted a Real Madrid team who, as you have just said, went 18 games without losing and they were able to hold them off. So that's not a collapse. And they also then had a bit of a recovery. So they were held by Betis... And that was the point at which, and Simeone talked about this, he was really, really interesting after the game. And there's loads of things we can pick up on, so maybe we'll come to them in a minute. After the game, one of the things he said was that after the Betis game, when they drew, he started talking to them about the value of resisting. That you have these points and we hold on to these. They then played... Really well the next two games They put five past bar. One of the few games I didn't see this year I think I'll go and get five now <laughs> Then they lost to Athletic, And that was the point At which he thought it was over But a couple of things Happened after that One was um, Koke um, Sending a private message To a friend Which then got leaked Basically saying We're Atletico Madrid We suffered them the end But we're going to win this league And I must admit I didn't think they were But, no. but it did happen The other thing was Simeon talked about this And I thought this was An absolutely great story he admitted that after the game that he went to the physios and the staff of the club, and in particular the staff on the reception and the gates at the training ground, and said, right, from now on, no one says buenos dias. You say, vamos a salir campeón. The, so in other words, good morning is now said, we'll be champions. Now I know it's stupid and it doesn't really mean anything, but that kind of constant, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, every day we're going to put this message into you, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And it creates, even if it's a bit silly, a kind of a, a collective thing. And then you get a team that wins four of its last five games, the only one it doesn't win is Barcelona, away, in which for an hour they're the better team. Admittedly they were close to blowing it at the end, and they were close to blowing all the other games, but they did hold on. And if we laud teams for doing that, and we quite often do, not least because it's exciting and it's epic and all the rest of it, I think we probably have to extend that same courtesy to Atletico.
0: Absolutely. I mean, just rewind back to the game against Osasuna and the penultimate
1: uh, match day, and you were texting me, you were there again. You are saying, it's, like, it's, it's, gone. it's gone. It's gone. I was absolutely convinced it was gone. Now, I don't know if that's <laughs> partly just the kind of the, the experience of having seen this before, if it's partly that I'm guilty, and I, I absolutely will be, of, of buying into some of those kind of narratives and storylines that are built around clubs. Um, I wonder. I wonder, you know, obviously, admittedly, if these two or three borderline moments had gone the other way I'd now probably be acting smart and saying see I told you so yes. um, and that is true look we're all opportunistic be, yeah. in that, in would, that Yeah, I think yeah. I probably would yeah. in in that sense and, and and of course I think what happens is at the end of the season you have to take a step back and, and say alright let's judge this in its whole now in those final five games it absolutely is true by the way that Real Madrid had a chance to go top against Sevilla and didn't yeah. take it and that Barcelona had a chance to go top not in the final five games just before them in the game against Granada and they didn't take it. And so you can look at those two games and say, well, Atletico were let off. Yes, you can. But they were let off once in an entire season. In an entire season, there was one moment for each of the competitors. One. In which Atletico could take, have top spot taken off them. And they didn't. And I don't think that's a case of saying they completely blew it. Although in the Granada case, perhaps a bit more so. Because, you know, Madrid against Sevilla is very borderline. It's a difficult game and all the rest of it. And so I don't think it would be fair to look at this season and say Atletico won the league because it was gifted to them, or to look at this season and say this is a league no one 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 wanted wanted to win. I think we've heard that a bit. I don't think it's true that no one wanted to win. I think it's been a season that's been really, really difficult, where it's been very hard to get consistency. And actually, in that context, I think Atletico's response has been really, really good. Uh, Second La Liga win for Diego Simeone
0: as manager of Atletico in Madrid. What, What similarities are there between this one and the one in 2014?
1: I think there are very few. I mean, there are, obviously there are some. Um, some of the approach is similar. Um, the mindset, I think, is similar. I think you can look at it and say, as I think we've pointed out on the podcast before, that back then there was an Atletico player who'd said in the autumn during a conversation I had with him, we can't win a 100-point league. And it wasn't, so they could win it. And that's the case again this time around. That it was a season of a, a sense of weakness for Real Madrid and Barcelona, which I think has been replicated. But I think the way they play is slightly different. I think the shift in players, and, and I think this is one of the areas in which you have to look at Simeone and give him an enormous amount of credit, this isn't that team hanging on. There are two players left from that team. Jimenez, who I think was 18 then, and Koke. They're the only ones left. I saw a stat the other day, and I hope I've got this the right way around. There are two left from that Atletico Madrid squad. From that season in the Barca squad, I think it was eight, and then the Madrid squad, ten. So, Simeone genuinely has built an, an built Bilton? mean that's terrible English. Has genuinely built another team. Uh, and, and I think that's to his enormous credit. I also want to pick up on something that you said there when you introduced that. This is Simeone's second title. It's two in seven years. As we pointed out on the Twitter feed, seven years between titles. How many coaches last that long? How many coaches are allowed to last that long? And how many coaches come back and do it? It's a huge achievement. But here's the big thing. Two in seven years. Yes. It's as many as Real Madrid. Yes. It's as many as Real Madrid. We're talking about a team that, you know, we still see them as a third force, and they are. Let's not forget their best two players are probably Llorente and Suárez, one who was not wanted by Madrid and one who was not wanted by Barcelona. But they have matched Real Madrid domestically in these seven years. It's not just that. Um, and Simeone made this point after the game And I quite, I quite like the way he expressed it He said, look, we're getting closer And I keep saying to him We're getting closer to these guys We can compete more Apart from Barcelona Because they're different Because Messi's still around Which I thought was quite a nice way of putting it <laughs> um, But he's also got a team now, Atletico Who in three of the last four years Have finished above Real Madrid This isn't a one-off This isn't a Crikey, that was a fluke season Now of course they're at Fortunate elements that go into it, as there are, I think, in any league title, except those you know where one team wins it by ten points, and, and you know, just two or three of the Barcelona ones have been like that. They've just walked to the title. Um, but it was, and it was tense all the way through. But how could it not be?
0: Uh, one of the similarities between 2014 and, and, and this title win was that the title-winning goal was scored by Uruguayans, Diego Godín in 2014. That's and true. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't, focused on This year, obviously, would, yeah.
1: uh, Luis Suarez, and it went to the final day. And by the way. Ten times Atletico Madrid have had to win the league on the final day, and they succeeded each time. Um, back to Luis Suarez and his outpouring of emotion. Yeah, full time extraordinary, ritual. wasn't it? Yeah,
0: not just, the, not just the tears as well, but also his, his interview uh,
1: as well after the game was, uh, yeah. was very interesting. He, he well, the, the footage we've seen, of course, him FaceTiming his family and, and crying, but then in the interview he, he, he broke right at the very start, the very first question. And, and I think what we saw there in part was one of the reasons why he's been so successful this year because I think he has been driven by a feeling of rejection and he talked about menospreciar which I really find a difficult word to translate I suppose he's saying they, they belittled me they belittled me or they didn't respect me or they, they had a lack of faith in me or whatever you want to call it but how Barcelona treated treated me he said it had been very very difficult I must admit there have been moments during this and one or two of the interviews Suarez done this year where I've wondered if it has been a bit overplayed this, if, if he's become a bit more um, sensitive to this than, than perhaps is necessary. But of course, we don't see all the inside. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, all they did was sell him. There's a bit of me that thinks, it, as someone like Suarez, of the age that he is, knowing what the industry's like, I'm surprised how how upset he is about it. I know, we, you know, it's upsetting to be kicked out. It's upsetting to be told we don't want you. It's upsetting to be to be kind of broken from what you see not just as a club you're going to be at but the club where you're going to retire right. the city where also, you're So all of that is quite all, all of that is very very important right. but, but Suarez is nothing if not a competitor and a realist when it comes to football and so I'm quite surprised how much it hurt him because I thought it's the kind of thing that Unless maybe it was done in a certain way, which we're not necessarily privy to. I suspect that the nature of the conversation with Kuhnman and the nature of the conversations with Bartomeu were probably not entirely pleasant. Yeah. Um, And and certainly we know. And that's why he felt. Menospreciado. Well, and the other thing that happened, and and I think we mentioned this in the summer, um, I'd not actually seen it in the media, but I think we mentioned it this summer um, Barcelona tried to renege on the agreement to let him go. Hmm. And I think that really annoyed him. Uh, and, And not just that, but I think he genuinely thought that that was unbelievable. It's like, right, you want me to go, and now when I come to you with an offer, you go, oh, hang on, it's Atletico Madrid, no. Yes. When they have signed a contract which names certain clubs he's not allowed to go to, yes. explicitly, very explicitly names those clubs, and doesn't name Atletico Madrid. Yes. But then when you turn up and say it's Atletico, they go, well, actually, maybe not. Um, and so, you know, and I, think, I think that has fueled him, and I think that's part of it, and that's one of the reasons why I do wonder if next year... Atletico Madrid, at the very least, need to think about having another striker as well. Maybe not to replace Suarez, but as well as Suarez. But this year, I think ultimately, he's the player of the season. Or he's the story of the season, anyway. he's The the season is defined by him. I mean, the, the best player in terms of performance, I think, is Messi. But I think the player of the season is Suarez. Yeah, the other parallel between 2014 and this year, of course, 2014, David Villa left yes. Barcelona, came to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. They won the league. I mean, to, to, just to pick up on the Suarez thing I was saying, we didn't get this sort of emotional response from via in quite the same way, no. did we? No, no, no,
0: absolutely not. Listen, there is much, much more that we could talk about Atletico Madrid, and we will over on Patreon. Uh, ask us questions. We've got a and a pod coming out uh, tomorrow. Uh, however, we do have to move on because there are other things that we want to uh, talk about. Uh, not least Real Madrid. Um, how much of a... Summer rebuild are we expecting from Real Madrid and how much is that conditioned by what happens with Zinedine Zidane? Well, you said the word
1: conditioned and I think that's (laughs) the key. Um, Because what you want to do and what you can do, as we've said this about many different uh, scenarios in in life and in football, what you want to do and what you can do are not always the same thing. Um, I think that the reason that certain things didn't change sooner was because Zidane was still there. So I think in a way him going does kind of open up some of those changes. I think it's very significant that Sergio Ramos is going as well because I think that changes the balance of the dressing room. Sorry, watched. Sergio Ramos is going? Well, I'm making that assumption. Okay, right. Sorry, I didn't I didn't make yeah that I, I, <laughs> I said that as if it was just has already been announced. It yes. absolutely hasn't, okay. but I think I think it almost certainly will be. I, I just can't see a scenario in which your captain hasn't renewed at the end of the season and no one has said anything, and he ends up staying. How can that possibly be? Well, you know, you never it's going know. It's gonna take some serious um Revisionism to try and pretend there wasn't a problem if he now stays. Okay, if you I mean that's which doesn't mean they can't because yeah, plenty of clubs have done that's that happened before. before yeah. yeah, but I I actually think Real Madrid, from a club point of view want him out. Um, I think they they want to save on his salary. I think they would have loved to have had a transfer fee from him a year ago, for example, but but didn't get one. Um, I think with Ramos and. Zidane gone if they do indeed both go and of course neither of those things are absolutely conser- um, confirmed yet I think there will be a very clear sense of we can change structures within the dressing room the balance of power and of course it remains to be seen whether that's a good thing because you look at the squad and you think okay so, so who leads now? Casemiro Casemiro maybe uh, with time perhaps someone like Fede Valverde although I'm not sure personality wise if, mm. he's, if he's got I think in terms of his play yes but in terms of his personality perhaps not Nacho, up to a point, I'd very, li- I'd actually really quite like to see how Nacho would respond to being put in a position where he's not the guy that everyone appreciates because he does a job. When we start asking more of him, because I think he's a brilliant player, but I, I, I wonder what the position will be at that point in which we want more than that from him.
0: Hmm. Okay. But your feeling is that Zidane
1: goes there. I just don't I, I think if you read Between the lines Admittedly it is Reading between the lines I think as I said On the podcast A couple, uh, week or so ago um, From people who are Not direct enough For me to be Really really confident um, uh, It's been You know Communicated to me That there's been A decision made For a while now uh, And you know As I said I'd very much like that To be harder and faster uh, yeah, Because if it was Of course I would have Written this as a piece of news Rather, yes. than, rather than a speculative thing At this stage Um I, I I think so okay. I think so
0: uh, obviously yeah, I've been living in Madrid here for the last nine years, covering Real Madrid on a daily basis. like to think that I've got my finger on the pulse, kind of of what Real Madrid fans, at least in Madrid feel, and it feels like this season it's never ever a success for Real if they don't win anything mm. but it feels that like this season it's different in the way that it's happened there have been other seasons where they, they haven't won anything and it's felt a lot more serious I completely serious. agree and I find,
1: it, I find it very strange
0: why do you think that is I have don't been... know
1: <laughs> I, I've been really well there I've... has been this narrative
0: of you know it's been such a difficult season for everybody they've been fighting against uh, it... injustices
1: uh, perceived injustices against the referees uh, with injuries yeah. with Covid but you see the thing is that with the, with the, re- the refereeing thing I mean quite apart from whether or not it's true and 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 let me say from the offset it's complete nonsense um, it's not to say there haven't been decisions go against them but the idea that there's somehow you know this is the key reason why all of this is happening and for example the Tower handball I think we've made a huge amount out of what in my opinion was just not a massively massively controversial handball a massively controversial moment but I don't think it was I don't think it was the controversy. The, the, the no of, that's not the controversy. The controversy is other handballs that look of very course. similar that haven't but, been given. But, but, yes. but what I mean is I think we so much was made of it. But the point I was gonna make wasn't really that. The point was was more that in previous seasons when focus has been on the referees, it has I think expressed a a, a disgust or a competitiveness or a desire to win the league. That this time it's been more resignation than, 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 than anger, hasn't it? It's, it's, and, and I think you're right. I, find, I found it very strange. I don't really know what it is. I don't know if it's a sense that, look, this is just a reality and at some point we need to deal with it well, and maybe, that, maybe not winning anything means we can now. I think they just felt that this with this squad, this is all that we could have done. We couldn't Except, have done much more with this squad. I, I think don't think that's entirely true. I mean, for what it's worth, look, I don't think... Well, in Europe, I think it's true. I think they over, yes, know, th- over- yeah, achieved I think, in Europe. I've, I think that's right.
0: And then, listen, mm, you can't win the league every single
1: year. No, but what you can do is you can comp- fight for exactly. it, compete for it. And, and that's, that's, what they've that's, done. that's exactly the thing I was going to come to. I don't think you can ever say a league season is a failure if you've taken it to the final day. Which is kind of
0: the message that Zidane was yes, getting across. And and
1: I, but I was surprised. But my surprise isn't so much that message because I think that's justified, and I think I think it's even true. Uh, I think it's natural that a manager says that, but I also think it might even be true what surprised me in a way was that everyone said oh, okay then <laughs> because that doesn't normally happen here yeah um and and i don't know if it's maybe because it's Sudan and he is um yeah you know, well like he, is, he Sudan. is Sudan. that's something that's it i was trying to think about it. yeah there isn't any other he is Sudan. he's done everything that he's done um everybody loves him even those who and this is by the way is true all the way through His time at Real Madrid As manager Even though Those that doubt His managerial qualities mm. And bear in mind This is a man that won Three European Cups in a row yes. And a lot of people Were still saying Is this guy A good manager yes. <laughs> And he'd done something No one else had ever done
0: Yes um, Alright There may or may not be Serious changes At Real Madrid This summer I think there has to be The question is How do you pay for it Uh, Same question And same question At Barcelona as well Right Were there going to be Big changes Managerial
1: changes And if there are How on earth do you pay for them Now this is different To the Real Madrid situation Okay And it's different To the Real Madrid situation Because as I've already said They finished seven points behind They weren't competing To the final day They weren't even competing On the penultimate day They won the Copa del Rey They did win the Copa del Rey Which in theory Makes it a better season Than Real Madrid Yeah, they were knocked out Of Europe earlier And, of course, they were, and this is where it is similar to Real Madrid, the parallels there. I've said lots of times on this podcast, I'm surprised how everyone accepted the idea that this was a transitional season. Yes, you have said that. Uh, How easily they accepted. Not necessarily that it was wrong to say that, but how easily it was accepted. And, of course, that transition will presumably be accelerated this summer. Not least because Joanne Laporte, the new president, said... We need to change things You know It's inconceivable The way we lost it. Was it inconceivable The word he used Unacceptable Unacceptable or? I think was I, it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Anyway Whatever yeah. it was He said they, they can't win The loser league In this way And I think That will accelerate now And he said That there's an end Of a cycle But All of that said I listened to Ronald Koeman say On Sunday This squad Can't do more This squad Isn't good enough To do more which, I mean, let's strip away the questions of whether that's a manager protecting himself, whether a manager should ever say that anyway. And I think I understand Kuman because I think he feels the other. He feels that he hasn't been backed. He feels he hasn't been supported. And he feels he's taken on responsibility for the entire club that wasn't his responsibility. And I think he's right. I think that's true. Which isn't to say I think he's done a brilliant job. I think he's done a good job in certain elements and not so much in others. But I want to pick up on that particular thing. This squad is essentially saying this squad is not good enough to win the league, Right. He then said in the same press conference, Atletico Madrid have a really good, balanced squad. I don't agree. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Atletico Madrid's squad. I think it is balanced. I think it's a very good squad. I think it's a strong squad. But I'm not having it, that Barcelona are a weaker squad than Atletico Madrid. And I think this has been part of the problem. What we've accepted, that this squad can't win the league. Yes, they can. And in fact, they got themselves in a position to have been able to win it. And then didn't, with the Granada game and so on. And as I've already said, let's contextualise this in the whole season. But... I'm sorry I don't buy that I think when Barcelona have played well this season they are the best team in Spain I think that was probably for two or three months this season they were the best team in Spain I think the quality of the squad sorry a squad that's got Dembélé Griezmann uh, Messi uh, Pedri Pedri Frenkie de Jong uh, I really like Ronald Araujo, but maybe you wouldn't include him in this list but, but Ter Stegen even P- with poor,
0: poor old Ansu Fati, was flying at the start of the season. Poor old Ansu
1: Fati, admittedly, he was injured for most of the season. Even with their ages, would you say Busquets and PK? Although I think actually it's become a bit Ooh. taboo to point out how bad they can be at times, including PK, mm. who I've defended a lot over the years. Yeah, it's time. I yeah. Think. yeah, Um Even Jordi Alba, when he's good, because when he's good, he's still the best back left back in Spain.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just that he's an attacking left back who gets exposed sometimes. But that—that's. Let me go back to the point I made before. Atletico On the league. With Suarez Who you're saying You've got to get rid of Now I'm not questioning Whether Barca have to get rid of him And we've talked about this before and I don't want to go over old ground It's not necessarily The re- decision to get rid of him That was a bad thing But They won the league So This idea that we're, Our squad can't do it And Atleticos can I'm sorry I don't buy it No I don't I think I don't buy I, it at I, all I don't think many people buy it uh, To be honest um, The future of kuman Is still completely yeah. up in the air Also he But he is talking like a man Who doesn't expect to go and wants to kind of take a few people down with him doesn't he that doesn't expect to go sorry doesn't expect to stay rather yeah. wants to take a few people yes. down with him yes that's the,
0: that, that's the general vibe coming yeah. out of uh, of, of, of Kumin. Did and you I'm s- not saying he's wrong by the way on a lot of what he says he's right but, but yeah did you see the uh, post from uh,
1: Pjanic on Instagram I don't know. He said something like he needs to think about this and he, he has some questions, he? It? said this season leaves a bitter taste and questions that still need answers. Yeah, it does. Um, and I don't want this to sound like an attack on Pjanic because it's really not his fault entirely. But yes, it does. And the key question is, why did they buy you? Now, we know the answer to that. It wasn't footballing reasons. And I'm, I wrote a piece when he went there. And it doesn't matter that I wrote a piece, but just to make this point, in which I wrote even if Pjanic turns out to be the greatest player in the world even if he turns out to have a fantastic season and Artur goes there and plays rubbish completely rubbish all year this is still a disgraceful signing and if you add on to that that there's been no footballing contribution whatsoever whether that's Kuman's fault the club's fault or Pjanic's fault and I'm sorry Miroslav you don't get that's not his name That's not his name What is his name? Miralem Miralem, not Miroslav Sorry, <laughs> yes yeah, that, I mean, there you go That's how irrelevant he is I can't even remember his name
0: Yeah, that, um, but that's that, actually
1: that, quite telling That's By the way, that's my fault, not his It is But, 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 but it, he has not Had played. he played a bit
0: more You would know his name at least Yeah, yeah
1: and, and I, it's not necessarily <laughs> entirely his fault But he that deal is so appalling Yes And th- it now has a footballing appallingness to it as well mm.
0: So, we await to see what happens with Barcelona and Real Madrid. Let's talk briefly about the uh, the bottom of the table. What happened on the final day of the season was that Elche uh, managed to claw themselves to safety. Uh, an incredible job done by uh, Fran Escribá since
1: coming in. They looked like they were going down. They looked like well, they were... two weeks ago, their players were basically talking like they'd gone. Yeah, I mean... They, they, they'd given up. Bear in mind, they survived with 36 points, which is very, Oof. very low. Very, very
0: low. Uh, as we said, Huesca, they needed one goal against Valencia to stay up. They couldn't get it they go down along with via the lead who sacked manager Sergio González and their sporting director in truth I think a lot of via the lead fans think that decision should have been taken a lot earlier on uh, yes. in the season uh, to be fair uh, but
1: sad I'm t- never sure though about the, the value of doing it on the day the season ends I suppose to be seen to be doing something well, yes. um, but but what it really expresses of course is we we're always going to do this Yes. But, well in which case do it Anyway, yes.
0: But there we go. Well done to uh, to Elche. A tremendous effort uh, from them, and uh, they managed to uh, stay up. West could go back down along with Valladolid lead and Abar. The European spots. We had a, uh, a fantastic end of the season from Betis. Really,
1: really, really impressive. Two defeats in the whole of twenty twenty one. Pellegrini was saying himself after the game that that. Um, around about Christmas time we were conceding too many goals but we, we, we straightened that out we fixed one or two things we talked about it the competitiveness of the team since then has been brilliant and they've been kind of low profile brilliant all year um, and this is where I hold up my hands and say I've not written about them partly because it's never really felt like anything was happening until at the very end when it had if you sort know of I mean yeah. They've, they've I think low key played very very good football for most of the season not always got the results that football should should bring with it, but the back of the season they've been very good indeed. And, and you know we've seen a a real recovery for Borja Iglesias who would had a, a pretty difficult time of it. And he said this yeah, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had a really big recovery. We've seen a very very good season from from Sergio Canales as well, who who I think is a really nice footballer. Um. And and it's it's really quite exciting seeing them back in Europe. Well, see both teams from civilian in Europe is is pretty fun, isn't it? certainly is certainly is. Eurobetis uh, back
0: in the, uh, in the Europa League Real Sociedad have had a fantastic season as well wow, the, I, in just, the Europa think, League. I think they're
1: brilliant and I think Emmanuel's brilliant and I think he was right this weekend when he said this feels like we were champions yeah. said, because those four are actually not reachable so we're <laughs> the first if you like of the other teams yeah. I'm not 100% sure that Sevilla are not entirely reachable but I think what Rousey have done this year and the way they've done it, the way they play, the fact that they won the Cup, albeit it's last year's Cup, but they won the Cup. Uh, I, I think they're a, they're a really nice team. Um, we will over
0: at patreon.com forward slash GSFP we'll try and rustle up some end of season awards on Thursday I think on the bonus podcast which is something we usually try and sort of half-heartedly do at the end of every season but we'll try and uh, spend a bit more time on it uh, this week so uh, yeah just to let you know that as ever the pod the Monday pod uh, comes to a close with the end of the season but we keep the content going uh, throughout the summer at patreon.com forward slash TSFP so why don't you come and join us because it's going to be a huge huge summer in terms of um, movements in La Liga it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Real Madrid and Barcelona. We've also got the European Championships as well, which is going to be very interesting. We've got the Spain squad uh, to discuss in just a second. We've also got the playoffs coming up as well. Who's going to be joining Espanyol and Mallorca in the Primera División, from the Segunda. There are nine games in the Segunda tonight, uh, with five teams, Leganes, Almería, Girona, Sporting and Rayo, battling for four playoff spots. Vamos Rayo, if they win their two games, they're in. So, uh, let's see. Talking of playoffs, congratulations to Real Sociedad B, managed by Javier Alonso, uh, Ibiza, Burgos and Amorabieta. Who have been promoted to the Segunda División, all back in professional football. And has a population of nineteen thousand.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could pretty much get the whole town <laughs> in their podmobile. Uh, yeah, a bit of a squeeze yeah. bit. <laughs> uh, away day
0: to Ibiza, I think next week, next season. The Venga think. buses coming. I mean. <laughs> um, so yes, congratulations to all of uh, those teams, and we look forward to uh, covering them in the Segunda División next season the Spain squad as if we didn't have enough to talk about yeah, on today's it's, it's, it's mad isn't it it's, it's really difficult to keep up with all of this on today's podcast but the Spain squad for Euro 2020 Euro 2021 uh, was announced today by Luis Enrique with some high profile absentees so the squad is as follows uh, Unai Simon David De Gea Robert Sánchez the goalkeepers Gaia Jordi Alba Pau Torres Laporte Eric Garcia Diego Llorente Cesar Azpilicueta Marcos Llorente are the defenders. Busquets, Rodri, Pedri, Thiago, Coque, Fabian are the midfielders. Danielmo Oyarzabal, Morata, Gerard Moreno, Ferran Torres, Adama Traore and Pablo Sarabia are the the forwards. So missing from this are, you might have heard, you might have recognised... Sergio Ramos isn't going to be there. Of course, he's barely played since January. He is the captain, though. Uh, he's not there. Neither is Nacho Fernandez, who many, many people, myself included, uh, were absolutely convinced should be going. Um, Jesus Navas, Sergio Canales, Miguel Marino, and Barry Aspas. We're trying to get the... Hashtag trending Justice for Barry Because he really Really should be There as well You've been busy With other stuff So you haven't really Had time to digest well, this I've
1: been Digesting it Sort of before we started I was looking yeah. at the list Just before Just before you arrived And I looked at the list And Right How do I say this politely Remember if you swear We don't go out On Indian IT. No 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 I wasn't going to swear But I was looking at the list And I did think That's not a team That wins the European Championships Yeah That's That's the honest Honest answer Now in defence of Luis Enrique, I don't know if it's necessarily missing players where you would go. Oh, well, now it does win the European Championships. I think so. I, I think that might be. You know, let's start with the fundamental kind of raw material question. I don't think you look at that and go, "Well, if only he'd taken turns, so they, they, they'd win this." But I think I think there are some some very interesting absentees. Let's start with the one that everybody's talking about, which is Ramos. That's the one I think is almost least of a debate because. As Ramos himself has said since He's just not fit And while it's a pity And while of course he has a uh, What would you call it Kind of a, a status that means he could have been important While I'm surprised that Luis Enrique hasn't used the 26 slots That he could have used um, And could have put him in and just In the hope that he gets him fit But I think actually it's probably a good thing to not have all the focus on Ramos all the time um, If he's not going to be able to play But it's a bit of a surprise I don't think that's a big one I'm with you I I think not having Natcha in there is very, very surprising indeed. Um, I just can't
0: get my head around it. I just don't understand what the logic is for not taking I mean, there's nothing in my mind that
1: will make you... not Not least because he's versatile. And so if you take him... You can fill in. Yeah, but he uh, is versatile
0: and we get all this as well. Yes, he can fill in, he can fill. In, but he's one of the best centre backs in the game. Exactly. He should go as a centre back.
1: But this is the point. It, what I mean by this is there are two options for him to go. One is you go because you think he's a great centre back. Yes. The other is you go because you've got a limited squad. Yes. Even though you haven't used all 26 places, you go, why not have a player yes. who, if I have a problem, can can get me out of a hole in two or three positions. Now, admittedly, you might argue that's partly been fulfilled by the okay. surprising inclusion of Desra Peliqueta. Now I say surprising. I have wanted him in for ages. And I You've think he's been the, we we're talking about this the other week, weren't we? You are his cheerleader. I am his cheerleader. In I, Spain. I, I no one like else was, is I doing it. I felt like I was the only one. He's in now and I'm pleased. But I'm also baffled. Because if you think uh, Afili is good, you don't just think that now. Yes. Nothing has changed in the last three months. And I think that's one of the concerning things. We've talked about this before. Is that sense that this is really kind of unstable. Yeah, really erratic. That it doesn't have a, a, a clear, if you like, thread running through it. Now, admittedly, I'm going to defend Luis Enrique a bit. I don't think he's a stupid man. I don't think he's a man that takes decisions lightly. I don't think, uh, and, I, and I do quite like the fact that he is, particularly for a tournament, quite short-termist. Right, who's in good form, they go. But I still think there are key absentees. Now, looking at the, just look at the absentee list. You've, you're upset about Nacho. I think Mario Demassa not going is is, it's, uh, is a in, terrible inconceivable. Yes. I mean, I don't dislike the the central defenders that are going, but I think the idea that Mario Demassa doesn't go, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the idea of Navas not going, unless of course he's not fully fit because he's had a very long season. But I think him not going is is surprising. Marino, I can just about accept because I think that midfield is reasonably strong. But I like Marino a lot, but I can accept it. Canalis, similar. I think he's a great player. I would like him there. But I think that midfield is relatively strong. Um, one person we haven't. I'm uh, oh, sorry, Maratta is in there. I was going to say, I couldn't see Maratta. Maratta is in there. Uh, and as for Barry Aspas, we are biased. We are very much. Yeah, but Barry we're Aspers, biased because he's so good. Exactly. exactly. You know, we're not biased. We're not biased because he's our mate. <laughs> we don't. don't let's let's, like let's, let's make this clear. Yeah, we, yeah, we'd love Barry to be our mate, but we're not, we're not pretending Barry is our mate. He's not. I think that decision. It's just all sorts of baffling. Yeah. Now, the one thing I've wondered about Aspas is does Luis Enrique look at him and think, I don't know if he's my centre forward, my wide man on the right, or my wide man on the left, and therefore he doesn't fit into my structure. I don't know if maybe Luis Enrique th- looks at him and thinks this is a brilliant player, but he's a brilliant player at a team where he does the messy role and everyone else fits around him and everyone else moves when he moves and reacts to him and everything has to rely on him and he has to be the central piece. And for the Spanish national team... I don't think he's good enough or I don't want that to be the case. I don't know if Luis Enrique thinks that. I think there would be something in that that would feel semi-rational. But it's just not It doesn't make any sense. And every time he goes with Spain, he plays well. I think he's got six goals and six assists in 18 appearances. He loves playing for Spain. This is not someone who's ever shown any kind of... He's not a player who's problematic. He's problematic on the pitch because he's a lunatic. But he's not problematic (laughs) off the pitch particularly. He's not a difficult character in in that sense. I find it difficult to understand. And I'm very conscious that it's easy to talk about people who aren't in the squad. But you've got to pick a number. And so who are you taking out? Well, show me that list again. Um, Because... Adana Troia goes ahead of Aspas Pablo Sorabia goes ahead of Aspas I'm sorry no
0: no <laughs> basically no Eric Garcia ahead of Nacho no not having that
1: anyway it doesn't matter what we think and also um, you know there's a broader question here about uh, about Laporte now I don't necessarily have a problem with having someone who's um, taken a Spanish passport <laughs> to play for the national team but I do think it, it's potentially problematic within the squad I genuinely think that Diego Costa going to the 2014 World Cup was a problem and was maybe part of the beginning of the end. Yeah. Because of the symbolism of it, because of the idea of it. I think there's a big difference between a player who has developed a, a, a country, grown up in a country, taken that on, and a player who has sort of looked around and thought, oh, I could get in that team. Mm.
0: Okay, well, that's the Spain squad. We will still be watching the Spain matches. Oh, we will. Of course we will. Well, I'm going to have to cover them for work. So. You're going to be there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, over on Patreon, I just want to paint a picture of the scene where we're recording, because we're recording in a car park, but it's not our usual car park, yeah, it's a it's different car park. Much nicer, there's a boy playing football. It's a car park in within one of uh, the City of Madrid's biggest parks, and it's overlooking a dirt football pitch, there is a football goal with no net, there is a young boy, about eight or nine, playing football with his dad in the late sort of early summer sunshine and it's quite an idyllic setting
1: for a Spanish football podcast. It's And it's very Spanish the way the dust is kind of coming up every time they kick the ball.
0: Yes, so there we go. That's where we are. And this is where we're going to be, uh, as I said, for the rest of the uh, summer because we're going to be... In this very park. I'll stay here. I'll stay here for the next (laughs) three months if that's what I have to do uh, to get the content out for our patrons. As it is the final Monday podcast of the season we've got some prizes to give away. Okay, our friends at Rail Betis have given us, wait for it. A signed Joaquin shirt.
1: You must be Joaquin. <laughs> yeah.
0: I said, I genuinely said to Al, "Can we keep
1: it?" I know. I tell you what. <laughs> the thing is, if we kept it, what would we do? We'd have we to just rotate of, it. We'd have to, we, or we'd have to sort of sell it, tape it on the back of the bill and just all sit there and stare <laughs> at it.
0: We decided we're not going to do that. We're going to give it away to one lucky TSFP listener. And oh, as a, it's a brilliant, brilliant. It's prize. fantastic. And also, we've got a second uh, prize as well. Our friends at Sock Council have given us a pair of their Spain nineteen. 1994 World Cup inspired Luis Enrique
1: socks. And those socks are almost as wacky as, well. yeah. as the list of players you've come up with. Yes!
0: So uh, uh, you're in good you, you're, you're, I was going to say your feet will be in good hands. That doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, here is the uh, competition. If you read pathologist, they yes. might be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here is the, uh, the competition question. Okay? Listen up because it's slightly cryptic, but if you know, you know. Okay, here we go. Which sport has Joaquin famously never played in his life, Julio? Love it. That's Which sport question. has Joaquin famously never played in his life, Julio? Like I said, slightly cryptic, but if you know, you know. Uh, you can send us your answer in the following ways by tweeting us using the hashtag TSFPgiveaway. Please use that hashtag or we might miss your tweet. So it needs to have that hashtag. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or Patreon if you're a patron. We'll put two winners from all entrants at random and contact you for your details. You have until this Friday night at midnight Spanish time to enter. Good luck. Uh, we're also giving a, away an extra pair of the socks on Twitter. So if you'd like to enter there, you can do that uh, as well. Sid, that's it for another season. Wow. Our eighth season doing this podcast.
1: We basically are the Simeone era. More or less. More or less. I think Diego should be thanking us, or should we be thanking him? I think it would be rather <laughs> presumptuous to think that Simeone <laughs> should thank us. So maybe we should thank him. <laughs> well, we should. We actually
0: should. Because now we've, we've got this big three, and before him, we didn't have this big yeah. three. We...
1: And, I, and, I, and, you know, I, I think that sometimes the demands made on Atletico and Madrid to be part of the big three perhaps overlook what a monumental achievement it is to have turned two into three like this it is an unbelievable uh, achievement
0: when he when he came they were they were 10th in the table they'd yeah. just been knocked out of the copa del rey by i can't remember who
1: albacete i think albacete
0: and you know it was uh, it was disastrous and here we are
1: partido a, partido. Partido, podcast, partido. a, podcast,
0: a podcast podcast a podcast 10 years later and uh, here we are still in a still in a car park still talking rubbish about <laughs> spanish football <laughs> thank you guys for sticking with us throughout the whole season it's been very much appreciated like i said we'll be back at the start of next season here on the monday podcast feed if you'd like to keep up with everything that goes on in spain between now and then please come and join us at patreon because we're going to be doing loads of content there throughout the summer if not don't worry we'll speak to you in a few months adios thank you cheerio